Yo, welcome everyone. Excuse my voice for sounding so weird. Sounds like I chewed on like, I don't know, a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> straws or something. And my voice has a lisp. But uh, I'm still here with the podcast. And uh, I'm tougher than I look. And this is the Hearing Colors to Kill Songs podcast. My name is V. A.K.A. Don't worry about it. <laughs> The Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast is a creation that I did a long time ago. And the podcast is something that I've been working on since 2020. And I'm super, super proud of it. Super thankful for everyone that supports it. I'm just thankful that I get the opportunity to share something so weird with you guys. And it never, uh, I never get as a point of disappointment because I'm sharing a story and writing at real time. It's one of those weird things where uh, someone talks about a story, but then too, uh, it's inevitably done. And they don't talk about it anymore, or it was just popular at the time. For me, I uh, created and crafted my story literally so I could go back into it again and again and again. (sighs) So, uh, basically, uh, hit the subscribe button, let someone know about the piece. Uh, also, and the more and more you guys support my art, the more intricate it becomes. And so I get the liberty of doing more things, adding more cool stuff. Uh, I've been talking, uh, this year, uh, this is 2023, about my book and basically the inception of it. Where did it come from? Where did the stories come from? Why the hell do I, I think of myself as a writer? And then two, where do I get the gumption and the all, the gall? You know what I'm saying? Where do I get, you know, any sense of respect to uh, consider myself as a published author? And for me, you feel me like it, it really rings true for uh, the writer today and the creator today. I, I tell uh, these creators to continue their craft because once you create that momentum, the momentum will inevitably, you know, carry some part of your creativity but inevitably, you'll know exactly what you need to do to further your story. And this comes from writers, not even mentioning artists. You feel me like? Because artists do different things. Every artist is different. And I scoff at people who really and truly think that an artist is supposed to be the same as someone else. And or their work ethic. And, you know, you see this. I was watching on Instagram uh, the other day, and I think it was probably YouTube or something, and it's a really good, you know, uh, what do you call this, content, where this guy talks about, you know, producing, and producing music, and me, I'm a super fan of anyone who takes on that mantle, but he was basically saying that, you know, there's different types of creators, and there are different types of, you know, obviously genres. And you can look at pop, and you can look at hip-hop. And he was saying that pop has more money. And basically saying that hip-hop producers and or anyone else doesn't readily pay uh, more fortuitously versus the pop, which will just, you know, fuck with you because they like the work. And they will pay you, you know, before they even get to the studio. And I, I believe that's a cultural thing. And for me... It doesn't truly matter. Uh, Basically, when people support my art, just by you listening, uh, it basically, you know, furthers this continuation 
into this creativity and this story that I crafted for myself. Inevitably, I made this story for myself. And I wanted to come back to something that I would be proud of versus anyone else before I met my wife, before, you know, I met any of these other people who looked at my story. I wanted to be something proud of for myself. And I was like, you know what? Let me go out here and do this. You feel me? Like, let me go out here and knock this story out. Because I knew. Me. I knew. And I was just like, I, I, I have to do this. I know that it's going to come to fruition where I'm going to have to explain this story again and again. But inevitably, I'll be explaining different things. So. Say that all five times fast, right? Woo! Right. Okay. Excuse the lisp in my voice. <laughs> so, the Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds storyline, I obviously told you where the name came from. I'm a super fan of NERD, uh, seeing sounds. I'm a super fan of, you know, anybody from Philadelphia. I'm a super fan of anybody from Virginia, beat, beat makers, anyone. And for me, I wanted this world to be crafted at an insane scale. So basically, I wanted a world that was insanely large, uh, comparatively, things that we had never seen before. And from there, I wanted to just, you know, design from there, you know, design out in, in a spiral uh, formation. formation. And I, I inevitably, you know, it, it took some time just to think about these concepts. For me, I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, what else do I want to add to it? And I had this character, and I had many characters, right? One of the things that writers do, and I never revere, you know, say, like, I look up to, but it's just a writer's tool, as in them putting themselves into their work. The thing is, when you put yourself and your personality into your work, it is very telling. Obviously, you might as well call it an autobiographical you know, fashion, but I look at it as an asset, you know what I'm saying, and giving tidbits and pieces for a reflection of self. And what that means is if someone has experienced something in their lives, then, you know, their characters reflect that. They The characters go through things that are similar or not, you know, or dissimilar in, in the instance to what an author has experienced. Both are correct. You feel me like, there is no set way, wrong or right way, to go about creating and crafting your work. You can go to a school, you can have, you know, a master class, and you can watch it online, and you can listen to these writers, and they'll tell you inevitably, you know, there's certain things you can learn in school. You can learn grammatics, semantics, you know, I am a pentameter, whatever the fuck, right? But, the level of creativity, the point of coming up with something, the point of actually speaking and making your work, your work and your words and your characters takes some time. I, I, you know, the young version of, you know, young writers are savants. They have a very telling way of expressing themselves that, you know, the older generation may or may not understand. However, I always caution anyone who writes in a youthful voice that you will inevitably, you know, create a niche that you won't be in uh, 10 to 15 years from now. You, you will inevitably consider yourself at a different age and your experiences will have changed. So, to give a highlight, you know, if you had a kid or something like this, you could, 
you know, give a highlight or give a story to your child, but always be mindful of your voice and your target audience and what it is that the hell that you want to say. Like, <clears throat> when you speak, it, it creates this volume. And at the beginning of my story, I, I started crafting these characters. The thing is that tripped me out was that I, I never wanted the characters to be larger than life. Uh, in most instances, I wrote people like a comic book where they would only show up in one instance or one story and then they wouldn't be available in any of the other stories or, you know, period. Uh, the cool part about that is that I could include them in the book and give, you know, full accounts. And then the second book, I could give, you know, a continuation of a different character in a different scenario and no one would miss a beat. And that's inevitably where I started, you know, like I say, I spiraled it out from, you know, one character and then went to the next one. I went back to a few of them uh, just to make sure that, you know, everything was good and on the up and up. But uh, it was a really... Who knew, inevitably, that these characters would be a reflection of myself? And I did so very loosely based. Like, the one character, which I'll describe, and he basically was... I, I consider him like a quintessential firefighter. And he basically was a genius. And, you know, he's well-to-do. He had a house, you know, and he had a cabin. And the thing is that tripped me out was that, I mean, even besides his memory being gone, uh, he still inevitably had this sense of curiosity and then the awe and the gumption to leave his, his company of his home and then go out in the public and go help others. You know, he didn't even know their language, didn't even know where they were from. He just felt, you know, in himself and as a person, as a soul or whatever the fuck you want to call him, he went and did, you know, the opposite of what everyone else was doing. And it was basically like, I, I call it that opposite flight or flight response. I mean, inevitably, if everybody's running away in one direction, uh, this gentleman was running in that opposite direction and asking questions in a language that they could understand. For me, like I say, th this in the beginning of a story is not only self-reflective, but, you know, I, I generally love... Uh, helping others but not so much in the firefighter fashion in, in most instances you know being that person that is there and that other people would never consider uh is always that you know serendipitous moment or uh, a special moment that you really can't uh a pro you can't like schedule or anything like that it's, it's so uh magical when you think about it and those are the things in the first book that i wanted to express and just, you know, off of one story, you know, you get a better frame of reference as to where the vein of the rest of the book is going. The weird part about it is that I gave two accounts of different characters. One as, you know, a savior or someone who was helping others. And then another who really honestly did not care and, you know, was there for the fight and there for the battle. And very reminiscent of, uh, what do you call that, Final Fantasy, definitely a page from that book, if you ever played that game before, and or 7, I know there are remakes out, so definitely check that out on Play PlayStation 5, I think that is, or any other PlayStation platforms. But yes, uh, when you think about it, and I'm thinking of this now, and how this ties into my story today, those characters that I crafted, I was very new at, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really did not understand the magnitude and or the level of uh, concentration that it requires to uh, inevitably do these things for people. Uh, exceptionally crafting a character that, you know what I'm saying, uh, reflects that. And he's going through his own thing. You know, he's got a lapse of memories, but he still trudges forward, you know, helping these people. And, you know, and all these refugees are really uh, super thankful for him. And one person, you know what I'm saying, like, that takes the time to not flip out, to actually assess a situation calmly, and then, you know, amass people together so that they can basically <laughs> band together against uh, all these other people who are banding together for uh, odd and weird things. I won't say bad. <laughs> okay, so how this ties into my fifth book is what I've been doing, okay? Like, even if I don't pin up, pick up a pen to paper, I'm still writing in my head. The thing is, is that when... I write a story and I'm thinking about, you know, a story from my original book and or the second one, the third one or the fourth book. I'm always connecting it into the next book, the next story or uh, how I can expand this story further and then just live in that imagination for an afternoon. It sounds extremely difficult. And trust me, I would caution to anyone who what do you call this, has a super active imagination to try that for an afternoon instead of thinking of the lava on the floor uh, and you can't touch the floor type deal. The thing about my story and where the fifth one is going is that it was a giant city and basically the size of New York, but the whole entire state as an infrastructure of basically, I want to say just a cityscape. And what happens is, you know, people wake up, you know, <laughs> like, there's a lapse of memory, but the sense of, you know, raping, pillaging, all the other things that are horrible with someone who, you know, is missing their memory, this, ironically enough, has to do with uh, a better understanding of self. And basically, I have this gentleman, and I said this before, but I I'm tying these back into two different stories. Okay, so basically this one character will journey on beyond this city and then meet up with certain characters from the first book. Trippy, right? But that's not the only trippy part. Not only is the city like an insane large scale, but then too, this gentleman is an artist, right? I love interjecting myself into my story in the most subtle and the most uh, un... What do you call that? Not overt way. And you will have to see it twice or three times to see it. And those are the things that I want people to do. I want people to look at my story, then read it again, then read it again, and find something else the second and third or fourth or fifth time after they've read it. And to do that, I've layered it like a cake. And this character basically is an artist, and he goes through basically like a quintessential city in search of his pieces of art. And that's pretty much the overlaying theme. He understands that he knows that his art is in the city. It's like somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like he feels it in the gut of his stomach. And to ask, you know, people who have forgotten their memories in a ridiculously crazy city is a task and a half, you know what I'm saying? Just to put that down on paper and for him to logistically and mentally go through what 
he goes through and the mental, uh, what do you call this, uh, catharsis and, and going through the underworld of his city to try to find these things that are of value to only him and surprisingly to other people. And, and I'll talk about this on the next podcast of value. And I'll go back into the first story again and talk about how these things have tied in and how I've, you know, laced these characters together. The characters are really, I'm super proud of, and I, I can't wait to uh, be, meander these storylines together. So they're like interjecting and uh, you'll see guest stars or different characters guesting in different uh, <laughs> stories. And then they'll go back to their originals, like definitely a vein from a comic book and creating my own mythology and enjoying this process that comes along with it. So I'm just super thankful. Thank you guys for listening. Hit the subscribe button. This is V, aka Verda English. Excuse the lisp. Apparently, um, yeah. <laughs> It'll be lispy for a little while, but I'll go and get some braces and things like this. Maybe. Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, thank you. Peace.